What's the story with domestic violence and why is it so pervasive in our community? That's the the topic we're exploring on this week's edition here on the peoplechronicles.com. Mary Kay Bernoski with us, Executive Director of BWIC. Thank you not only for being here, but for the work you're doing that you've dedicated your life and energy and talents to. Well, thank you. And it's my honor to actually work at Berkson in Crisis with the amazing people that I work with. Um. Working there, we, we were talking during the break, and, and you had mentioned earlier that for as long as we know, and I can go back to when I was a kid, and the TV shows portrayed, you know, a husband and a wife where the wife is always submissive, and that, you know, you do, and you just take care of your husband, and we all know that, right. but if you graft that out on as long as time, and you said Bewick is 40 years old, right. we're just a blip in the screen of awareness, aren't we? Exactly, yeah, we're very, this is a very new movement. Um, centuries, we have defined men's roles and women's roles as being, you know, man is in charge, woman is not. Um, so now we're try- kind of, we're just changing those rules a little bit. We're understanding that if we want to fulfill both people, both people have to have an equal say. We're not, somehow or other, man is in charge, women is not, ended or kind of led to abusive situations, control, physical abuse, mental abuse, all of that kind of stuff. So we're not... I'm making a statement, I'm asking, changing necessarily the dynamic of the relationship, but the way that it's carried out. Exactly. Um, People can consent to whatever roles in the family they have. So there's nothing wrong with two partners saying, you know, I'm committed to this relationship, and because this person has this talent or this ability to earn this much money or to make this kind of impact in society, I I am going to support that, and I'm going to do... I'm going to focus my efforts on maintaining the home or the family and do whatever I need to do to support that. That's fine. But they're free choices. The question is, are we giving both people the opportunity to make that decision for themselves rather than saying, this is how it should look in every case? What we need to do is, I think, unravel the psyche of the man isn't getting what he wants or whatever, or he's angry so he can hit or control, and the woman saying... Darn it, I disappointed him again. I deserved that. And we unravel that as psyche. What are some things going on at BWIC now to help that? Well, we we are doing an outreach to men and boys, um, and it's based on a national movement called The Call to Men, where we're looking at men and saying, you can feel emotions other than anger. You're allowed to, to be sad. You're allowed to be vulnerable. You're allowed to be hurt. You're allowed to be the nurturing partner in the relationship. This is all part of being a man. That's what a man is. A man is not always the strong one, the one in control, the one that can't show emotion, the one that has to be strong for the family. We recognize that that's not fulfilling for most men. How about the woman? What are we telling her? And for a woman, we're saying it's okay for you to choose what your role in the family is going to be. If you're not comfortable, you're allowed to say, I I don't want to do this. You're allowed to assert yourself. You're allowed to want to be fulfilled as a person. It doesn't have to be all about someone else. You said you're allowed to assert yourself, I don't want to do this. Are we giving that message to um, teenage girls as well? If they're in a relationship and the boy's like, well, you have to do this if I'm going to be your boyfriend kind of thing. Right. It, we are trying. Change? We are trying to redefine healthy relationships for young women so they understand that they don't sometimes, you know, the idea that sometimes it has to hurt to be real. Yeah. It doesn't. It really doesn't. It, it can be a real relationship without all of that drama and all of that pain. How can we, we as a society, stop judging 
stopped judging the women. What's the matter with her? She stayed. And um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think we judge the man. We don't uh, seem unfortunately, to. we don't. Um, <laughs> typically, we don't say, why does he do that? Why does he think that's okay? I think we're starting to. I think maybe Ray Rice has begun that conversation. I think people were shocked by the callousness with which he you know, assaulted his partner and then did nothing, didn't even seem remorseful after she had you know, been knocked unconscious. So I think maybe we're starting to. But we, in terms of not judging the women, I think we just have to stop. I think we ju- it's just that easy. We have to say, I'm not going to judge her. I don't know what her... Um, experience has been I don't know what their relationship was before this all I know is what he's doing is wrong and I'm going to make sure that that doesn't happen again I'm going to do what I I can do as a community member as a law enforcement official as a judge I'm going to do what I can to prevent that violence from happening and I'm going to allow her to make the decisions that she wants to make in her personal life so you can still love somebody and the relationship you had but hate the abuse exactly Yes. Maybe there's the separation there. There's shame. There's a great deal of shame, I would, I would imagine, for any woman who is being hit or abused in any manner. Does talking about it generally, all of us, help Absolutely. diminish the shame? Absolutely. And I think we still do a lot of group sessions with women because no matter, we've been talking about this for 40 years, but there's still women who say, I really did think it was just me. I didn't know other people were in the same situation. I had no idea that this woman, you know, the smart, accomplished, strong woman could be in the same situation as I am. So the more we talk about it, it's almost like breast cancer, October's breast cancer awareness as well. Initially, we were very, women were ashamed about talking about that, right? It was private. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't think about that. We didn't want to talk about that. And when we started talking about it, we were able to do something about it. And it's the same situation. You know, we need to start understanding that she hasn't done anything wrong. She's not morally inferior. So the more She's we get the message out there. Inferior. Yeah. Um, this happens to women who are all doing all the right things. <laughs> and so we have to understand it's not them. It's what he's doing. He, that's where the shame should be. And sadly, she's not alone. Correct. It's happening way too much. Yes, it does. One in three in, in a woman's lifetime will be a victim of domestic violence, according to every study that has been done over the last 40 years. That, that rate has not changed. And I keep thinking children learn by what they see. They learn by what you do, not what you say. And if, exactly. is that a powerful motivator to help a woman say, I'm enough? Because I don't want my children to see it. And sometimes we, we see women, when they finally do make that choice to leave the relationship, one of their biggest impetus is, is I, want, I don't want my kids to, to live like this anymore. Again, that's, a, that's an individual decision. Sometimes it might make them less safe. Mm-hmm. If I leave, he really will kill me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's very serious. Yeah, that's We're very not saying serious. that lightly at all. No. 70% of homicides happen after the relationship has ended. You just had the silent witness program. Yes. A march with red silhouettes and they represented women who were killed here in Berks County. It, they, those are all women who were killed here in Berks County. And in conjunction with that, we also dedicated a new silent witness to Jen Snyder, who was the pregnant woman who was killed by her abusive partner. And Tracy Schott, a, a local filmmaker, is doing a film called Finding Jen's Voice. And she actually brought this to our attention. I mean, I had no idea. I've been doing this now for 10 years. Mm-hmm that the number one cause of, of death among pregnant women is intimate partner homicide. Number one cause number of Number one death. cause of wow. death. It is not hypertension or Why eclampsia. pregnant women? Who knows? Um, it, Are you more vulnerable? It, it could be the more vulnerable. It could be there's another person coming into this relationship that I can't control. It could be she's thinking about someone other than me. 
it, it again it change it's different in every situation but pregnancy has always been a high risk factor for women so I keep hearing from you, Mary Kay, that there are that each case is individual and it has its own uh, particular situations. And if you're going to leave, it is really important to have that protection plan. Call BWIC first right. to reduce your risk of any further danger. And you are not alone. That's right. the saddest part. So we need to keep talking about it so that women can gain the confidence to say enough. Right. Right. Thank and you. Thank you. For very, very much for what you do. I appreciate it and for your time here on What's the Story at thepeoplechronicles.com.